watched uh, all of it. And, um, you know, to Tim, you know, that's a good thing he came on. He explained a lot of uh, the questions that people had, um, you know, how people took it. it. Obviously, everybody has their own opinions. Um, I did take a couple of notes in regards to some things that he, he mentioned. Um, you know, in terms of the, the express shipping, I mean, personally, I, I placed a few orders with ComC uh, in late December and early January express, and I was able to get both of them relatively in time. I mean, it was about maybe three weeks tops for both orders. So I guess the whole backlog started sometime in January moving forward um you know that being said there's always things that you can do to kind of you could turn the express shipping off temporarily not charge people for it give them a notice on the site this is the situation so and so so and so um we had to disable it for the time being just to catch up um but you know all in all it sounds like he's got a rough year ahead of him man and I know he said that uh this is the you know probably the most financially successful year he's had and I'm sure he'll be fine in the long run in the site and the business. I just hope it doesn't end up looking like the Jordan Fleer PSA 10 graph from the last few sales. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I mean, it might be the best year they ever have. Who knows? But uh, but time will tell, you know? I mean, but uh, anyway, let's welcome everybody to After Hours Sports Cards Live. After Hours, happy to have you all with us. This is Milan Obradovic also known yes, as Kobe East Coast on Instagram. One of my favorite accounts to follow. A great dude. We hung out the other night. Give him a follow on Instagram. His uh, his handle is on the ticker right now. And listen, yeah, as some people have said, you know, that was a uh, that was a pretty heavy episode. Um, I, I was, you know, leading all day. I was, I, it was on my mind all day long and reading all the comments on the various social media platforms. Um, I mean... I know that there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of people that you know just have issues, and a lot of people just aren't willing to listen. You know, a lot of people just don't. They they just they're not willing to be understanding. They're very set in their ways, and um, and that's something that they'll just you know that's that's just the way some people are. It's just reality, and uh, it's fine. All right, I mean, so hopefully, yeah, hopefully, hopefully some hopefully some people. Um, we're a little bit sympathetic. And I mean, it's not like, you know, we're not asking to, oh, oh, poor him or anything like that. The guy put himself in the situation he's in. He built the business and now he's got to stick handle his way through it, right? So all yes, these challenges. Uh, you know, as they say, hindsight is twenty twenty. Uh, obviously, you know, he wasn't prepared for the onslaught that was going to come. Could that have been, uh, you know, automated a little bit in the past to kind of move things along? I'm sure. Um, but, you know, us in the hobby, this community, we're, we're very tolerant of things. A lot of things, you know, we, we kind of uh, take it and shut up and, and move on and, and uh, continue collecting, continue looking for the next card. And, you know, that's kind of the way it is. And we forget about a lot of things that happened in the past. So I'm sure ComC is going to have a successful year and I'm sure they're going to keep building and growing. And, um, you know, I hope uh, nothing but the best for Tim. I've used them. I know you said you sell on there i'm sure you bought cards yeah, I, on there so by all the time it's, it's an asset for the community for sure all right yeah good stuff all right well I, I i do like to have a little bit of continuity between the sports cards live episode and the after hours episode uh just for myself even to debrief a little bit so i'm glad that you were able to watch it and talk it out with me let's go to the comments we've got a few 
Um, nice viewership so far. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, so we got Chris Carter. He says, I'm sure I'm not the only one who bought cards during that comps interview, even though I'm super pissed at them. I still bought eight cards. <laughs> I mean, business isn't their issue right now. It, it, it's the customer experience. And, you know, I spent, as we all just spent two solid hours with Tim, I spent about 70 minutes with him a couple nights ago as well. And I mean, I know he cares. When he says that he wants to provide a good experience, He's not just blowing smoke up our behinds. He's actually he he's a he's a sincere guy, and sometimes you know might not seem that way from some of the actions they've taken. And but I, I you know I I trust that that is what they're trying to do, and they'll do the best they can. Hopefully they get there. But like he said, we're gonna he's gonna he told us hold me to it. He'll come back and we'll talk about it more. But you don't have to wait till he comes back here. We'll see how the year unfolds. Dr. Full says, yeah, now that I see the CEO is a genuine guy, it bumped my confidence. I bought about a dozen or so in the last hour. Uh, Dennis Lescombe says, hello, Jay Lee and everybody. Hopefully this is a little more lighthearted. Time to relax and enjoy some car talk. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, Hockey guy says, people in that chat were so incredulous. Yeah, I'm just glad I didn't. I did not watch the chat for the first time ever, and I'm glad I didn't. I also goes on to ask, ever thought about having some mods, Jeremy? I've thought about it. I've thought about it, Chris. I have. 23 Aranus, they were incredible. I think that's a compliment, so I'll take it as one and say thank you, 23 Aranus. Our guy, Jordan Hagedorn in the house. What's up, Milan? Great stuff as always. Great to see you, Jordan. Thanks for coming in, buddy. Appreciate it, my man. Peter Chow says, there's a lot of passion about ComC because they really want it to work. That's a fair comment. Chris says, people act like there's some magic wand that ComC can wave to solve all the problems. Fair comment. Peeps likes the display behind you. And I got to say, when when Milan and I hung out uh, last night, I was like, I love your background, man. I love that it goes back on the angle. They kind of, you know, get narrower as they, as they go back. Really cool display. Let's run Thank through you. the comments. And then we're, we're, yeah. we're going to, it's all going to be about you, my man. All going to be about you. Mm-hmm. No. Uh, Dr. Paul says, I can't even get cards in person at the store, so I can't blame ComC right now. Chris Carter, for four years, I did staffing operations, consulting, and solutions. I could literally add 500 people on his team in three months. There's no excuse why he cannot do that. I could add staff, space, and training, A to Z. Chris Carter, uh, no, you can't. No, you can't. Not in this environment, my man. Not in this environment. You cannot. But thanks for flexing your muscles, buddy. Uh, Comsey Barry says, thank you, Jeremy, for the tribute. You're welcome, Comsey Barry. It was my honor and privilege to be able to uh, tribute the show to your mother. We're sorry for for her loss, Barry. And on that note, we're going to take a minute once again for the night. And we're going to do one more tribute to Barry's mother because Barry is is a personal friend of mine. He's been on the show before as a guest. And, uh, and I want to do this one more time for Barry, for Barry's family. So we're going to bring up uh, Miwei Ma, sorry, Barry, Miwoon Ma, one more time. And just, uh, here we go. There she is. There's your mother, Barry. Uh, sorry for your loss. Sorry to your family for your loss, Barry. And um, remember the good times, my man. Remember, she had a nice full life. Remember the good times. Okay, uh, hockey guy says, uh, we're not going to get into back and forth right now, but thank you, Chris. Rage says, I'm back at it like a crack addict. And first off, let me say RIP to DMX. Damn shame. Fair, fair, fair. Joe Perot wants to talk a little. Kobe, 
Darren's back in the house. He says, bought one, offered on two more during that. Uh, Sanderson to Orr, thank you very much. Appreciate that. Jeff Roth says it was the same four to fives repeating their crap. Thank you, Jeff Roth. Duncan UCLA took a better L than Tops Project 2020. We got Daniel in the house. Good evening, Daniel. Chris says, not if done right. Chris, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Chris, I think I'm just going to shut you up for the night. And there we go. Not going to hear from you anymore. Jeremy Pringle, staying up late. Welcome, Jeremy. Fans, facts go okay. Yeah, I'm just going to do what I what I want to do and uh, do a bit of that. All right. And Roddy Booth wants to send his condolences one more time to you. Barry Peep sends his love. Todd McDonald, thank you very much. Okay, Milan. Yes, sir. Tell us about your journey, man. You're a collector. I'm a collector. We both are collectors. This is about this show is about learning about other people and how they collect. So, give us your story, man. Let's start at the beginning. What what drives you? What do you collect? What are your earliest memories? All these things. All right. So obviously, um, having the tag when I created the Instagram page about three years ago, Kobe East Coast. Uh, Kobe was the only player that I ever collected that I built my PC around and his cards were the only ones that I had, you know, front and center, um, throughout my years of, uh, collecting him. That being said, going back earlier, um, like, you know, majority of us, we started in the early nineties that are our age. Um, it started in, you know, 93 when I, I moved here, I moved to New York in 92 from Europe. And uh, at that time, Shaq was huge. I remember the Reeboks, the Zebras, like I got those as a kid and I, I was in love with Shaq, the magic. That was my guy. So when I was, you know, a teenager, young, you know, my young teens, I collected his cards and I had about 50 or 60 of, you know, Shaquille O'Neal cards from Flair, from the upper decks and everything. And then um, I really stopped in 96, like a lot of people did because, you know, I was, it was high school, so on and so forth. Life happens. And I took a break for about a good uh, 11 years. And in 2007, I moved out of my house. And, um, you know, when you move, my mother sent me a box of stuff that I left behind. And I found my, uh, I found some cards and there was a um, Charles Barkley uh, flair, I wanna say hot numbers uh, from 95 or 94. And I put it up on eBay. I signed up on eBay in 2007. And I put it up on eBay and that card sold for $60. And that blew my mind. I was like, there's actually some value in terms of what these cards are worth over time. So being on eBay, you know, I started getting into random things here and there. I started buying boxes. And back then, boxes were pretty affordable. Um, you know, a couple hundred dollars here, $50 there. So what actually got me into Kobe, the linchpin of it was in about 2009, my girlfriend at the time, who's my wife now, she, for my birthday, bought me a box of our uh, 96, 97 Skybox Premium from Dave and Adams. And I got that box. We opened it up for my birthday. And lo and behold, the single loose card on top of that box was the Kobe Rookie Skybox Premium, the Ruby. And at that time, that, you know, that blew my mind. And that was the most expensive card in my collection, monetarily speaking, at that time. And this was about the time where I got into grading as well. Um, growing up with Beckett Magazine, I always associated Beckett with basketball. And PSA for me was vintage and baseball. 
Um, so I sent an order to Beckett. It was that Kobe. It was a bunch of other random cards. And that card came back a 9.5. Once that happened, my whole OCD started kicking in when I saw the gold label, when I saw the slab that was protected. I went on a quest to try to pick up as many um, gem mint Kobe's as I could. Like for me, it was 9.5s all day long, the gold label. Um, I'll be honest with you. I did not really understand or appreciate the rarity of some of the cards. Luckily, through my binge collecting of about four years, five years, I was able to pick up some of the rare cards. Um, but I was more focused on what they look like. Um, if they're rookies, that's fine. But I just I was more focused on building a nice display of BGS 9.5 Kobe Bryant so that I could enjoy it. I didn't hang out with people that collect the basketball. I didn't, you know, I had no friends. There was no local LCS that all closed down. So it was kind of just me on eBay shopping, so on and so forth. And then I, I went on the Beckett registry in the, in the early stages. And I found out that there was people that actually registered the 9.5s and there was a grading scale. And uh, at one point down the line, a few years down the line, I ended up getting to number three or number four. Or I was somewhere in the top five to 10 from memory. Um, of having BGS 9.5 Kobe's as a registry. One person, and this is how crazy, which we'll move forward to later, the Instagram, social media, and everything else, how crazy everything comes back around. I bought a handful of Kobe Bryant 9.5s from, I believe it was the number two registry at that time. It was Dominate was the name. I remember it. Um, and I used to just buy Kobe's off him literally like once a week, twice a week. You start messaging him. And then lo and behold, when I got on Instagram, he had the same Instagram tag and we connected on Instagram. And he was like, I was like, dude, I remember you. I got all these cards from you. I still have them. It was a crazy, like, you know, it was, it was fun. And yeah. that's what kind of, that's what, that's where we are now with the social media is, you know, with the whole um, amount of people that are in it, different types of people. And it just all brings us together. Um, so. The collection continued, you know, I, I, at that point I built up a, a good size collection that I had displayed in my house. Like, like I do this, like I have it now. It's always been displayed on my wall. Um, but I really, about 2013 when I stopped and I stopped because at that time, like, you know, I kind of spent the most money on a card I ever did. And, um, and ended up, it was the Jambalaya. Uh, it was a 9.5 Jambalaya. And that kind of scared me. Because at that point, I was like, this is crazy to be spending this much money on a card. So I took a little break. I didn't want to go crazy about it, but I had enough cards. And um, uh, after that, I kind of disappeared. Like, I didn't follow. I was on Blowout. On, you know, I, that's pretty much all I knew was Blowout and Hobby Kings. And I stopped going on there. I stopped, um, you know, I took a break from the hobby. And then in 2018, I know your buddy, you said, Jake. 90s b-ball cards i was laying i was laying in bed watching youtube and the recommended video comes on and it's him breaking a box of basketball cards i put it on watched like three four of his videos and then uh josh got uh recommended so i watched cardboard chronicles and that brought me back into it then i discovered instagram and um i mean long story short i'll get to the end but that's pretty much how you know the whole the whole um Page started meeting people and getting back into this hobby for the good of the last three years. 
All right. So, okay. And I know there's a lot more to your story. There's some big events. There's some big turning points in your collecting. Before we get, and we're gonna we're gonna get to that in a minute, but we do have some more comments. So let's uh, let's just see what we got coming through here. Um, Fresh Bread says, "Wish it was possible to go back in time and buy at pre-COVID prices." Everybody wishes that right now. A hundred, hundred percent. I love it. Courtside Collectibles says, "Haha, Kobe's ghost chasing me." <laughs> Still love the BGS gold label. Uh, Darren says, I just need the flux capacitor and some plutonium to go back in time for sure. Birds on the bat, enjoying the story. Thank you, birds on the bat. Uh, basketball card collector 93, Matt G says, that's how I met you, Milan. Hey, bud. Good times, my friend. Good old IG. Jordan Riker says, my blood pressure is significantly lower in this live stream than the first one tonight. Am I alone? You are not alone, Jordan. Me too. Me too. Although, not addressing the comments, ignoring them was a great strategy for me in that first episode. So, okay, Milan. So there's a lot more to what you said, but before there's more to your story. But before you go to, I want to touch on the fact that you were all about the BGS 9.5 gem mints with those nice gold labels in the in the holders, the flips. Are you OCD? Do you consider yourself to be OCD when, or I'll put it in air quotes, OCD when it comes to the yeah. hobby? I know some, most of us uh, are, but how do you? What do you think? What do you say to that? Uh, I am in the sense that um, when it comes to the display of cards, for me personally, I've noticed that I, I like uniformity. I'm sure a lot of people do too. Same like, and, and the other thing is it's very hard to be uniform nowadays, but I've kind of come up with a solution for myself as well. Um, but I like uniformity. I've also noticed since I have them displayed and I keep them displayed, I like vertical cards. I don't really mess with horizontal cards anymore it doesn't matter which one it is i will not pursue a horizontal card because i don't like the way it looks um displayed um but yes it was it was that and then it was also the point at that time that a 9.5 was a 9.5 you knew why it was a 9.5 you had the subgrade i never paid attention i wasn't one of those people like oh it's a true gem mint it's not a gem mint it's a gem mint plus that didn't really matter to me as long as it was slab, a 9.5. And I knew why it was a 9.5. Um, and to, to that point, uh, I'll give you a, a little tip, a funny story now. In, uh, I purchased a raw Slam Bams Kobe, um, I want to say 2012. I think I bought it for like $330. It was to $250. And I sent it to get graded. And it came back in 8.5. And when it came back in 8.5, I was like, I, I don't want to keep it because there's that silver label and it, it's messing with the, so I ended up selling it. And it actually, I lost money on it because an 8.5 sold for less than a raw back then. I didn't know that you're supposed to crack it out. And then that's all things you learn down the line, like when you start okay. focusing on grading. So in my mind, I was like, this didn't get a 9.5. I'll just wait till one when a 9.5 comes up. I don't even know if there still is a 9.5. There might be like a pop one. So that card was never coming back. And if I knew the way things were gonna go, like, you know, all of us had that story. The eight five is like seventeen, eighteen thousand dollars now, probably to two fifty. So that that's kind of my whole train of thought back then was before, you know, following these prices, knowing everything. Um, so yes, nine fives uniformly gold label, it just it pops across the room, you see the gold label, you know what it is. That was all me. Like that you go to a show, you know what's a gem mint. You know what's a mint. 
you know, PSA kind of changed that around nowadays. It doesn't really matter like that, but that's my, um, that was my whole point in the building of the collection. I hear you, man. I mean, and I'm, I'm with you too. I like uniformity as well in my collection, but like you said, it's harder and harder to do. Some cards are so rare that if they come up in a Beckett, if you're a PSA guy and a card comes up in a BGS holder, you know, and, and you buy it, you maybe just don't try and cross it over or break. It's like, you know what? I'm happy with that card in a BGS nine. I don't want to risk taking it out, risk getting it downgraded. You know, you just never know. So I'm with you. And, but I've also loosened up on my, my personal requirement to be uniform. I've now got slabs, PSA, BGS and SGC. Um, and I have two KSA cards, which is a Canadian grading company because the, they're PMG, they're hockey PMGs that are rare. It's like, I just want the card. I don't care. Send it to me in a top loader, a KSA case. doesn't matter to me. Exactly. Okay. I want you to get ready to tell the story because there's a question that came in here from Sanderson to Ori says, do you find it easier or harder to find Kobe cards now since his passing? Well, I know from our discussions that the answer to this isn't what people expect unless they know you. So we're going to, we're going to get to that in a second, get your story straight in your head, Milan. And I'm just going to go through the comments that have come in. Currency Project, good evening, says, great story, Milan. Take notes, guys. If your girlfriend buys you a box for your birthday, make her your wife. That's great advice. Hockey Guy says, pretty cool. He collected based on appearance regardless of the value and rareness, right? That's a collector right there, and I know Milan's a collector. Uh, Darren's going to check bid status. That could be on the golden auctions, which are ending tonight, which I'm not watching, but I'm hoping a lot of people are buying some good cards tonight. Peter says that back in the day, a BGS 9.5 outsold PSA 10s as well, at least on modern issues. I don't remember it that way, but some people do. So I'm, maybe we're looking at different cards. Jump in. They were they were close. They were, were very close. close. If not a little higher, a little lower, but they were literally like this. Awesome. Dennis says, I just started up my Instagram because of this show and the hobby to make it more fun. Just followed Kobe East Coast. Great stuff. Yeah, Dennis, I mean... Instagram has made the hobby more fun and the relationships. I mean, and I wanted to touch on that with you as well, Milan, because you mentioned that, you know, you all you knew what before was, I think you said Hobby Kings and Blowout, and then yeah. you found Instagram. How, let's, let's, let's segue there, actually. How did Instagram change your hobby experience for better, for worse? Like, what was it like for you? Whew. I'll be honest with you. Um, without Instagram... I would not have been able to do what I ended up doing. So a hundred percent, it changed my life, um, my collecting, my knowledge. Um, But at the same time, you have to be very careful with the influences of Instagram as well. Um, You know, I I like to say, I, I, I admire other people's collections, but I don't tend to try to follow other people's collections. I try to, you know, I'm more of an admirer and a connoisseur than trying to do what other people say should be done. And I could run case in points over the last three years of some several cards, which I might later, that I think were just inflated for the sake of inflation by who knows who. Um, but yes, Instagram 100% um, changed, the, changed my collecting my um my perspective on cards and um just in general i think helped this community grow tremendously along with everything that's happened over the last year but it was the number one catalyst yeah i'm with you man instagram to me has become a a major for me it's instagram 
it's YouTube, it's this, Facebook as well, but you know, you use Facebook. I, I only, I have two Instagram accounts. One's for cards, which is way bigger than my personal account. And one for exactly. one for my kids, really, to show to, to show pictures of my kids to my friends and family. Otherwise, right. it's all about it's all about the, the card account. And now it's Clubhouse. I mean, I Clubhouse is becoming like it's keeping me up late at night. It's Clubhouse has been a lot of fun. But the good thing about and I don't know if you're are you on Clubhouse yet? I've been on it a few times. I've listened to a few conversations, but I mean, I just I don't have uh, I can't get into that too. It's just if I get yeah. any more consumed with this phone, my wife might divorce me. Well, I know my my wife my wife rolls her eyes at me. Actually, she's like, "What time did you come to bed last night?" I'm like, twelve thirty. You know, on on a Thursday night from when they got when I got work the next day. I'm like, I was planning to come up early, but then this guy came on or that guy came on to the conference. It's a, it's, I'm really enjoying the platform. I hope it continues and doesn't get old too quick for me, but I'm enjoying that. So, okay. A few more comments. Then we're going to hear about the Kobe stuff. Okay. Uh, Dennis enjoys it. Basketball. Matt says BGS equals true collector status. Paul says, LOL, Dennis. Jeremy has a lot to answer for. He got me on Instagram chasing cards. I'd never known about. That's hilarious, Paul. Yeah, man. But I mean, I'm finding cards on Instagram all the time that I didn't know about as well. That I, I, you know, you see a card, you go to eBay to find. Right? That's what you do. It's exactly. What you do. exactly. Uh, Darren, Darren says, "How many YouTubers do you think have been born out of this card boom? Guilty as charged. My wife loves <laughs> loves it in quotes for sure." <laughs> Sanderson to Orr says that Paul Ditto. I'm chasing Dutch gum cards. I didn't even know existed because of him. Sorry, guys, but they're cool <laughs> cards, right? As you know. Uh, Matt has two ca- accounts too. I talk to my hobby friends more than my real friends. Same here, but yep. my hobby friends are becoming are, are my real friends. Like case in point, my man Joe Perot here. He's like become one of my best buddies. He says, "Can Milan comment on Kobe's autos in general, and perhaps which Kobe autos he has in his collection?" We're gonna table that question for a minute because you're gonna address your Kobe collection. Yeah. Okay. We're gonna we're gonna get to that. Trust us, Joe. Fresh Bread says IG and Facebook Marketplace are the future of selling. So long eBay. Fair comment. Chris says Jeremy's Instagram is dangerous. Makes me want cards I've never seen before. And Jordan Riker says Milan, will we get to see some of your favorite cards? Yes, we will, Jordan. Okay. Tell us about your Kobe collection. But I want you to start with why were you collecting Kobe in the first place? I don't think you addressed. Did you already address that? Why Kobe? Well, uh, maybe not. But So I, I followed Shaq. I loved Shaq when I was a kid. He moved to the Lakers, and then Kobe came as a young, up-and-coming guy. I watched I watched the tail end of Jordan's career, but when it came to card collecting, Jordan's prices were just, even at that time, just more than I wanted to spend or could spend. Or So I started, um, you know, I focused on Kobe, but I, I didn't really start collecting Kobe until I pulled that card. That card was the linchpin of my collection because it's kind of like, you get something so rare at first, you want to build around it. That want, you want that to be your centerpiece. That was my goal. That was my that was my grail. I pulled it myself, um, and then I just built around it. I built this kind of mosaic of various cards around it that I could enjoy. So my Kobe collecting started um, later, but to that point, when I did start collecting Kobe, unbeknownst to me, but comparing it to the way people are buying cards today of young guys in 2008 he won five championships he was down to the end of his career you knew he was going to be a hall of famer like it was kind of set in stone he was a generational player so 
I try to, you know, tell people now that are coming into it, think about that. If you're thinking about collecting long-term and you're not worried, because everything's about money now. So if you're not worried about losing your money and you want to collect some of these young guys, you know, you've got to have a little bit of a, to, to, to pull those triggers on some of these prices. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so you collected Kobe. Where are those? This is a, I mean, I know the answer, but are those Kobe cards behind you? They're not. They're not. So tell us nope. about your Kobe collection. You built it up. How many cards <laughs> did you have and where are they now? Okay. So I had, um, at the peak, I had a total of 138 uh, BGS 9.5 Kobe cards. Um, and I, when I got back into 2018, I picked up probably between 2018 and 2020, about a good 15 cards um, at various price points. One of the last cards that I picked up was one that I, you know, I, I was chasing it for a while. I passed up on it a few times. I don't know why. It just wasn't the right opportunity. Was the 96, 97 EX um, base record, the green one. I mean, there's, you know, there's thousands of that card. But in all the years that I've ever been submitted, and I've submitted at least 20 plus of those myself over the years, there's only a pop 23 of 9.5. So the odds of me submitting that card again after so many years have passed from it being pulled or so on and so forth and getting a gem mint was almost impossible. So that was one of the last cards that I ended up picking up. That was in March of um, last year. Um, after that, I did grab a few more cards, but I didn't get them. I didn't get them gem mint because I knew they were going to gem mint. I just got them authenticated, but I did get serial short printed cards. And one of the cards that I picked up after that card was the FLIR Classic 61. That card is serial number 61. I actually got that off Facebook Marketplace and I had it authenticated because I knew it wasn't a gem mint, but I wanted to have it protected and slabbed. Um, and then, um, you know, being shut down, everything going crazy with these prices. Obviously, after he passed away, like I remember it like it was yesterday. I was, I'm a realtor, so I was doing an open house and when I finished the open house, I looked at my phone. I had like sales because I, I, I had raw cards that, you know, that I sold five, fifteen, twenty dollar cards all gone. And I looked at the news and I, I literally started crying when I was like, I, you know, it, it really bothered me. Like, I'm sure a lot of people were affected by it, like myself. And um, and it, it kind of felt different afterwards, like to, 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 to buy, to collect, to, to look at him. Um, it, it, it wasn't the same joy because you knew what happened to that person. But that being said, um, you know, once this market started going crazy with the prices, I mean, you think about it, trying to get cards that I was missing were five figures and up. Like, you know, I was missing, obviously, the PMGs, the so on and so forth. I had the Atomic Refractor rookie. I had um, the Jemble. I had the, the Noise Boys. I had the, um, I had the ah. Intimidation Nation. So picking up some of these cards that I was missing just got to the point where it didn't make sense for me um, financially, financially, responsibly. Yeah. Um, you have a family, and, right? Yes. I, I, I'm married. I got two kids. I got two little kids. I think they're around the same age as uh, your children, four and two, yeah. five and two. Yeah. Um, so, so you know how, you know how things go. I mean, it's, it, it's life. And um, I waited I waited for the summer, but sometime in June, 
I started last year, I started thinking about, you know, where is this uh, value going? And um, it got to the point where my wife and I were looking at moving. I live in Brooklyn, New York. We wanted to get out of here, especially with the whole pandemic and everything that was happening, the city being shut down. You're stuck inside with two kids. I wanted a yard. We're planning on buying a house. We aren't far off. But the thought of buying it comfortably appealed to me instead of, you know, getting it and then worrying about this and so forth. I just wanted to be comfortable and enjoy it. So uh, August 24th passed, the 824 day. I knew that day was going to be huge. Um, but I also knew that the one-year anniversary was going to come up on his passing. And um, that was going to be another big day. In between that time, in September, on Instagram, so this is two and a half years of being on Instagram, building up a decent following, communicating with people, you know, building up relationships, and showing off, you know, showing off and so on and so forth. I put my whole collection up for sale as a lot. I put up 138 BGS German Kobe Bryant's as a lot. I did not want to piece them out. I did not want to sell them one by one. I just wanted to do it that way. And I used to joke around with my friend on, on Instagram, Shay. Um, he used to tell me, like, this is a bubble. This is imaginary. This is this. This is that. You know, about the prices, the way things were skyrocketing. So I put it up and I sent it to a couple of people that I knew were Kobe collectors that obviously seemed like they were wealthy. They might be interested. I actually did get an offer from somebody in California that I was going to actually fly them out myself. But uh, we were just this much apart, a little bit, a little bit. Um, so that didn't work out. But luckily, somebody else anonymously uh, contacted me and they were local. And I ended up uh, doing the transaction sometime in October um, for all the cards. And once that happened, it was a relief in the sense that it was for my family. That's the only reason why I did it. My wife was against it at first. That's how you know it's love. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally. Totally. She knew you. Right. But yeah. um, I told her, I was like, listen, I'm ready. I've had this. I can't buy any more cards. That's the problem. Like, I can't buy the cards that I want to continue building this PC. And I'm just not going to settle for anything just to say I'll settle for it. So sold the collection. And literally, um, anybody that's from the Northeast right now, and, and, you know, from California to Arizona, from New York to New Jersey, the outer state and the, the, the suburbs are, were exploding in terms of real estate um, over the past year because of everything that's happening. So I sold the collection in October. Uh, beginning of December, I was in contract on a house. So like this. And it couldn't have happened in a smoother, better way. I mean, it was just kind of it was meant to be, Jeremy. So that being said, that's kind of where, you know, okay. where correct so 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 you you sold off the kobe collection and you put that money directly into a house for your family which is not where you are right now i know that because we chatted your house yeah. is being the renovations are being done you're you're going to move in in the near future you got yourself a yard for the kids you're a house versus uh, an apartment or a condo sort of thing so hey man let me congratulations it's not it's not easy to do but you did it. I love that your wife was against it at first, but hopefully she loves the house, and, uh, oh, yeah. and you guys, you guys are happy in there, and you, you, you know, you, uh, you raise your family in the new house. That that's great. 
but obviously you're back in the hobby. You've got cards. We can see them with our own two eyes. You're, you're back in the hobby. So why don't you now tell us about how you got started again and what, and what is the subject matter of those cards behind you now? All right. So once, once I moved the collection, uh, you know, I'm from New York, so I'm a huge Knicks fan growing up. They're my team. I started looking at RJ Barrett and, um, you know, obviously Zion is astronomical, Trey Young, Luca, RJ Barrett was still doable in my opinion, in terms of the prices. So I picked up, you know, maybe 15, 20 of his cards, but I tried to pick up the rarer ones just kind of as, you know, down the line, you know, my thought was they were going to go up in value. But after, after reinvesting some of the money, because I, you know, obviously I reinvested some of the money back into the hobby just because I, I, that's what I like. Keep doing. <laughs> <laughs> you can't take the collector yeah. out of the. Yeah. You can't take the collector out of the hobby, I guess. Um, once I got to the point where you know I was several thousand dollars into R.J. Barrett, I started assessing the risk in it, and um, is it, it like it went back to like what has he done that that he he he, you know that I'm supposed to be spending this much money on him. And then in um, end of November, before like you know December November, right around before Christmas, so middle of December, um, I had a, a live on my on my um, page with uh, another friend of mine who I met through the hobby, uh, basketball card guy John. He's local around here too, and we were talking about stories about where we were growing up and so on and so forth. And I, I told him a, a story when I, in 1996. Um, you know, when we came here, I didn't know about baseball. Baseball isn't played in, in Europe where I, where I came from. So I had no idea about baseball, the rules or anything. My father ended up getting tickets as a gift uh, to a Yankee game in 1996. And um, we went, and it was the Yankees versus the Mariners. And we sat, we were, the tickets that we got were behind the Mariners' dugout. And we're sitting there throughout the game, and it's boring. And I'm just sitting, and like, you know, nothing's happening. <laughs> and, you know, I'm like, my father's, I'm trying to explain to him something that I know about the game. And, but it literally, like, time stood still. This is what I remember. I go back home, and um, my uncle, who's American, he the next day, he's like, you know where you were at? And I was like, the Yankee game. He's like, yeah, but you went to the Dwight Gooden no-hitter. I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> he's like, and he explained to me what a no-hitter is. And so I was like, you know, it was crazy. It was fun. But. That being said, um, the R.J. Barrett thing was a little too high risk for me. So I went back and I tried to analyze at what price points can I start picking up somebody that I could compare to Kobe Bryant in a number of ways. Um, and, you know, to make a little, you know, to make a little story short, it's Derek Jeter. And here's my, here my thought process why I started collecting Derek Jeter. Uh, number one, there were rookies in the same year. Jeter won our Rookie of the Year in 1986. And I've been doing this research and like, I don't know baseball that well, but I know, you know, I, I learned a few things, the cards that they have, and this is the biggest thing, the cards that they have that appeal to me, they have so many similar insert sets, designs from the late nineties. I mean, it's, it's insane. On top of that, there's a statistic of similarities between the two. They both played for the same team for 20 years. They both won five championships. Their career earnings are identical literally identical the way they go up um and i mean being in new york i was a yankee fan in the late 90s like you know i remember the championships once i learned baseball and i started following it 
So it was just a logical thing to me. And, and, and on top of that, the price points for Jeter compared to where Kobe is are something that I could absorb and I could, you know, enjoy. Plus, he's not going anywhere. He's, you know, he's, he's yeah. for, in my opinion, he's, he's the captain. No, there's no risk. There's no risk like there is with R.J. Barrett. Right, right. I mean, that's that, that R.J. Barrett. And that's with anybody that's playing nowadays. So it, it, it's one of those things that um, that I moved the whole collection. So this whole wall now is all Jeter's. And then I pulled out some cards over here that I'll show um, whenever you like um, and, and kind of compare them a little bit to some Kobe's. Sure. Yeah, we'll get to that shortly. I want you to just speak about – because when we talked the other night, you, you, you told – you kind of provided a perspective that I think is important that people hear. Um, I don't know I, I, how there's always something you can, there's always something you can move on to is it was kind of with your, can you just speak to that? I think people should hear it. I thought it was really interesting. Yes. Uh, so when you, when you collect, I typically relate to people that collect um, like a player PC or have a purpose to their collection in the sense that, you know, whatever it is, but there's a purpose to it. It's not to buy to sell tomorrow. It's to buy and to collect and to hold on to and to appreciate and to look at and to enjoy. Um, so, you know, going from Kobe and, and, and being at that point where you couldn't afford any more of the cards that you wanted to get from him, I thought it would be tough to move on. Like, you know, yeah. what do you do afterwards? Kind of like you, you, you hit a roadblock. Um, and I wasn't going to sell the collection to buy a card, you know, like I wasn't going to reinvest the whole collection into one card. Yeah. I like variety. I like that would have been the, that would have been the ultimate consolidation. Yeah. Right. I mean, that wasn't me. That, that wasn't my, uh, my goal. Um, so you find something and you, and anybody that collects cards will find something or some player that has some type of meaning or connection to um and and you could enjoy it and then if you like an era like we were discussing the late 90s prime example of, of you know one of the most distinguishable eras in, in card you know history um it kind of it was like the perfect storm that came next and i'm i i'm grateful that i was able to to jump on it when i did I'm grateful that, you know, I was able to get some of the cards in such a short period of time because I'll be honest with you, before December, I had zero jeters. And, you know, I did go a little nuts. But <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I love your wall, though, bro. I mean, what a what a great wall. A little. It's amazing, guys. If you if you didn't hear that clearly, everything behind him has been acquired since December. I just want to make sure people caught that. Please continue. So so. um yeah, that was the perfect storm. And like, you know, the designs is what I'm attracted to, the the history behind it. And um, and it's just, I love looking at them. Like, I, I enjoy getting up, walking, you know, walking around, being able to look at them. And, and there's there's that connection to it that, that brings me back to the Kobe's, but also allows me to move forward and kind of expand and learn. And I'll be honest with you, I, I learned about a lot of his cards while I was trying to pick them up. I probably even overpaid for some of them. It's fine. I mean, they're going to, you know, they're going to be here. It's not like, you know, that, that, so there's, I remember you talking about the, the, the Jordans with uh, Rodman two weeks ago, yeah. um, how you set the market on some things. Listen, if you want it, if you like, you know, it doesn't matter. Like if you can get it, you get it. Um, so I was, so that's kind of where I'm at now with the, with the new collection and um, new endeavors and, and moving forward. So let me ask you this. I mean, 
And I got to think some people are wondering, do you miss the Kobe's? Um, no, because I mean, when it got to the point I had them there, there was no value monetarily speaking. That was like life altering while they were there. And it's another thing. Once you actually have the card and you enjoy, like I enjoy them for years and years and they grew on me and they grew and I grew out of them, you know, um, once you move on from them, but you use the, you use what they, like what they did for me will never be replaced. Like to me personally, like that's never going to change. Um, so I don't miss them because, because they helped me, he helped me obviously not knowing, but his life changed my life. It's one of those six degrees of separation kind of thing that people always talk about, but I am a living witness to having that change my life. Um, and you know, I, I'll show you this. I made a little, um, I made a little board that's going to go up in the new house once I'm done in my main cave, kind of to com commemorate um, everything that I picked up. And uh, so these are most of the, some of the cards that I had. And you can see, you know, what some of them were. And then uh, House of Cards, I did a little signature of him and the logo. And this is going to go up on the wall in the man cave to kind of always remember where it came from, you know? That, see, that that is like one of the coolest hobby stories, artifacts, like... Let's just do. I'm going to do a quick recap, okay? Kid comes over from Europe to 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 the to, to New York, goes to a baseball game, follows Shaquille O'Neal, collects Kobe Bryant. I mean, it's kind of a, the order, even though it doesn't really piece together. Right, right, right. Collects collects Kobe Bryant cards, decides to sell the collection, buys a house with the proceeds, Gets back into Derek Jeter, which ties into being at that baseball game originally. Lives, you know, New York. Lives in New York. Yankees fan. Starts collecting Derek Jeter, but now you've you've made this plaque that you're going to hang up in the house. It says right. House of Cards because the cards bought the house. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's... essentially, that's that's like this is that's a legend. This is, I think it's like a legendary story, Milan. I really I, do. Yeah. Uh, I'm not, listen, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm the first, I'm definitely not the last person that did this. I don't think I'm the first person that did it, but it just so happened that it coincided with Instagram and that, uh, you know, I was able to kind of share it with some people that I know. Um, and also who knew that all this was going to happen? I mean, it's kind of, it was a perfect storm per se. And I'm just happy that I was able to, um, be at the right place at the right time and, and make life better for my kids down the line. I mean, that's, no one can no one can fault you for that man i mean no one and and the fact that you're still in the hobby and you and you're cool with it and you you went from collecting kobe to jeter i mean you can't go wrong either way you still get some of these awesome 90s cards which we talked about yeah. we both love you know yeah. uh matt makes a comment he goes yes the best man cave item i mean that's that you built a plaque to commemorate the journey you took and the transaction that led to the house i mean I, I agree with Matt. That is the best man cave item. Like that item, anyone comes into your house, you can, that item is going to tell the story, you know? It's a talking piece. It's a talking piece. Oh, and for my kids down the line too, you know, when my son gets older and I can, you know, explain to him how everything happened. Um, so totally, they, you know, it's, it's one of those things that um, it's the way it is. Yeah, for sure. Okay. We're going to read out some comments. We'll discuss a few of them. And uh, okay, so let's just get started with that. Um, 
Uh, Darren says, would love to get a flyby of Milan's wall. So I don't know if you're on a phone or a computer, if we can get a, can we get a flyby of the wall? Or is I'm, that I'm on my computer. I can't, uh, but I pulled okay. out some of the better cards over here. So I'll, I'll flash them. We'll a take bit. a look. We'll take a look at them. Sanderson to Orr says, I'm starting a, I blame Jeremy for my card addiction support group. Who's in? That's hilarious. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, Matt says, Okay, so this is going back already about 20 minutes, but he says Kobe prices were so low relative to MJ and LeBron. Kobe was such a great way to go when collecting a great player. Yeah, I mean, probably the best bang for your buck. And if you yeah. loved and respected him, I mean, how can you go wrong? Uh, Tree City Gaming, welcome to the show. Says I have 26K raw assets that would grade no lay lower than PSA 9, most 10s just sitting until July. Sounds like a nice little gold mine you're sitting on. Uh, Henry says Jordan and Kobe are pretty much the same to me. The fadeaway is unstoppable. Tree City says 80 cases of soccer <laughs> wax sitting in storage. Hey, nice. Very nice. Congratulations to you, Tree City Gaming. There you go. Henry says 90s high-end insert of Jordan and Kobe are the best. Can't disagree with that at all. Darren says, why do some people opt for an auto to be certified only in the slab and not also graded as well? I think some people just want the card slab, the auto certified, and maybe yeah. they don't feel that the card would grade high enough, so they just go that way. Do you have any insight into that, Milan? I, I would I would think that would be the case most of the time. If there's some issue with the card, they just want the autograph to be certified and you know graded the auto if it's clean. I mean, it still adds value to the card because they put the you know the time there. <laughs> agreed, agreed. Matt says that's an incredible moment, though, brother. Life changing. Much respect. Sanderson likes the story. So this is before we announced it was Jeter. Matt knew it was coming. Jeter incoming. Basketball <laughs> card therapy. So I don't know if these guys know you or they recognize the cards in the background. Do you? Uh, yeah. So, yeah, we follow. I follow a bunch of these guys. They know so. you. They know you for sure. Uh, yeah. Rounding. Um, Darren likes the story. Uh, Corey Carr says, how can you argue trading cards for a house? Great story. I, oh, here's, this is cool. Dr. Full was at the Doc No Hitter game also. Ah, there you go. Look at that. That's Small pretty world. cool. That's really cool. Uh, Jordan Riker brings up the April Fool's joke from a couple days ago. Did you both see the grading company April Fool's joke? Thoughts? <laughs> I mean, I'll be honest. I saw it. I went to the website. and is, and But I actually, someone, someone sent me an email and said, is this a joke? And I went to it. And I'm like, it's a joke for sure, you know, but the, yeah. they went to elaborate lengths on that joke. Like, and for that, kudos that, to them. Like that uh, was an awesome, awesome joke. I guarantee you people signed up on the waiting list. I'm not going to lie to you. But when I saw the, um, like, I, I was like, I looked at it, but when I saw the do not grade uh, part on the website, I was like, this is, this is some of the funniest thing I've seen yeah. in a while. And the fact that they send you they send you the grading slab and you put your card in there, it's like okay, <laughs> that's when I was like, definitely that doesn't make sense, right? That's pretty. Give myself an eleven. Yeah, Matt says, uh, and it's fun and something you can enjoy for the time to come. Connected to a great childhood memory, which yeah. I think is because you're connected to Dwight Good and makes good sense to me. Uh, Lucky says, was the sale price of the Kobe collection disclosed? I'll let you answer that one. No, no, no it wasn't. wasn't, and not going to be. Uh, Daniel says, so smart jumping on Jeter cards, Milan. I had to have a PSA 9 SP rookie, and I finally got one in July 2020. Nice. Very awesome. Very nice. Sanderson Tour, I'm in Boston, and this Lakers-Yankee stuff is killing me. <laughs> <laughs> but, you, but you can always appreciate the passionate collector, right, Sanderson Tour? That's what I, I got to say about it. 
23 Aaron says, Milan is collecting an athlete who is no longer alive, different than someone with us. Like what about people who collect Babe Ruth? No, no one alive has met him, but yet they collect the Bambino. So what, what can you say to that, to 23 Aaron? Mm -hmm. Is it different collecting someone who's alive versus someone who passed away? But I mean, you collected Kobe and then he passed away and then right. 2020 happened. It, so. it wasn't so much that he wasn't alive anymore. I mean, it was weird. and I couldn't literally look at the cards for some time because it just, but it was more so the price of where everything was going. Like it got to the point where it was uncomfortable. Like why, you know, I wasn't the type of person that was going to spend five figures on a, on a card. Like that's just not me. Yeah. So that, it was more the price than, than anything else. It was, you know, <laughs> there's a funny comment coming here. And I just realized Milan that usually I have it set so you can see the comments, but I didn't change it after the last episode. Tim, Tim uh, could not see the comments during yeah. the last show. I'll, I'll fix that for you after I show the comment that's coming up. Um, I hope mine's aren't as bad as his were. <laughs> no, no, not, not even close. I'm sure. Henry says, I will sell some of my high end Kobe to get married this year. I mean, you can't, no one's going to argue with that, but then your buddy luck, Shay, we got shave logs in the house. Good evening. Shay says that uh, Milan is looking very Shay. sexy tonight. <laughs> <laughs> That's my buddy. You don't believe know. the prices. I know here. I'm going to change it so you can see the comments now. They should show up for you now, Milan. Uh, Corey Carr, simmer down, Shay. Uh, the Timster, congratulations again for the great show. First time for me to catch it live. Love the content, Jeremy. And congratulations on the great hobby story, Milan. Thank, Thank you, you Thank the Timster. Really appreciate that uh, on both of our accounts. Thank you so much. DJQ says, coming over from Europe, I assume you are a soccer fan, Milan. Any interest in PCing any footy? Uh, no. No, I, I don't. Uh, that, that That's completely new to me, soccer cards. I know that Panini had the stickers in the early 90s and like the late 80s of the soccer stars. If there's one player that I would collect, just from personal preference, that I like is Rude Hullet. Who? That's Sorry? it. Rude Hullet. Okay. I okay. played FIFA. He's the best midfielder in FIFA. He's a legend. <laughs> <laughs> He's a video game legend. All right. Waxel says the basketball card guy has a sick, inf sick infatuation with April Fool's Day, and he definitely got me. Yeah, that was – I mean, they did a website. Like, that was yeah, they, that was full uh, out. They did an interview with Darren Ravel. Like, what do you <laughs> – Full out. And Sports Card Review says my dad is alive, and he met the babe and Lou Gehrig. Okay. So let's let's see some cards, man. People want to see cards. Let's see some cards. What are we waiting yeah, for? All right. So, I mean, listen, I'll start with some stuff. Like, a lot of the stuff that I'm getting is stuff that Colby had, like the cards they had. So I'll start off with a little um, Planet Metal. Oh, I love Planet Metal, man. I love Planet Metal. And, you know, obviously these are condition sensitive. And I'll get into the point why they're, why, why they are raw. But I, I will eventually send all these to PSA. I'm just not going to pay for uncertain uh, turnaround times. I'll wait for them to get their stuff in order. So when I pay for something that it's going to get to me when it's supposed to. Um, another nice, another classic 90s card that uh, Kobe was in, Soul of the Game. There's like three different uh, versions of this card. Some have the red on top with the blue and the green. I mean, just classic, classic uh, 90s stuff. Yeah, um, definitely. Here's, uh, I know you have, I know you have, um, the Griffey in this one, but this is the 97 Flare Showcase Hot Gloves. Derek Jeter, you have the 90, you have yeah. the Griffey, no? No, um, I have the year before. I have, uh, I'm just actually, I pulled up my grade of baseball just so I could see it. I've got the 94 Hot Gloves Griffey. 
Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So you had the Griffey '94. My years. I had my eye on, on the Griffey from that year just the other day, and I uh, just I didn't place a bid, but I'm I, I'm looking for the Griffey in that car too to pair with the '94. Yeah, I mean, my years are still a little bit messy when it comes to baseball cards because they're 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 usually a year after the basketball ones came out. Um, so one of the first things when I started buying, you know, when I started picking up Jeter, is I went to uh, you know, how, like Jordan has the first finest refractor in '93. Yeah. Baseball had them as well, but Jeter's first finest refractor is the '95. So cool. And I got this one with uh with the coating. Yeah. And you know PSA nine. That's the other thing that I'll, I'll I'll mention when it comes to the prices of these cards for me personally. And people are I, asking about. Some people have already asked in the comments here, kind of like, why are you switching from BGS to PSA? So whenever whenever you're ready to tell that story, but keep on showing cards too. I'll show I'll show a few more, and then I'll explain my uh, my thought process. Uh, Sterling ninety six refractor with coating. This is just another classic uh, '90s card, and then you know the Apprentices Kobe refractor, the rookie. This to me is like the Jeter version, the Phenoms. You got the bronze border; it's finest. It's so '96. Cool, so nice. So and the, a mint nine is still a great, great. I mean, so I don't even want to say the word "still." A mint nine is just a great card, especially back so, then. Coating too. Yeah, I mean, when it, when it, so PSA, why PSA? Well, my whole thing visually is I want them all to look the same. So PSA, they all look the same. If I flash all these, you have no idea what's what. They're all white labels. You have no idea what the grade is. The grade doesn't really, not that it matters, but I, I'm sure 10 would be nice for anybody, but I won't pay uh, like three, you know, uh, 3.5 X on nine to get a 10. I'd rather buy the nine and then buy another nine to equal that one tenth. In the long run, keep going up, the nines will follow. There's the, you know, that's the logic that I have. I mean, if, if, if we come to talk about money for the cards. So let me show you these two. Remember I said I had the Kobe, the green EX. So I made yeah. sure to get a Jeter. I mean, these are just stunning cards with the sky. You know, when I first saw these cards, obviously with the Kobe, I mean, it was just beautiful. And then I got the credentials to match it. Uh, what's the number this two one, credentials? This one is to 299. Amazing, man. What a great pair. What a beautiful pair of cards. So that, um, let me flash some more stuff. They, I mean, this is, this. they don't make stuff like this anymore. The linchpin. Oh, God, what a card. With the th with the bolts. Jeremy, there, there's no I innovation anymore like there was in the 90s. Like this stuff, this stuff, I mean, listen, you can make a million parallels nowadays, but it doesn't hit the same. It no. doesn't just, for me personally. The, you know what, um, Milan? That, that second half of the 90s was a magical, magical period in the hobby. And, you know, for me, it was the only time in the hobby where I wasn't paying close attention. I paid attention from 1980 <laughs> until 1993, 94. Right. And then I kind of stopped paying close, close attention. I was still, I still had my cards and loved them, but I wasn't following all the new releases so closely until again in like 2000. I got back in and I've been heavy since 2000, but it was like that four, that five, six, four, five, six years, whatever it was. I don't remember exactly. And now that's the period that I'm the most interested. In. And it's kind of cool because it's all new to me now. Like I'm, yeah. I'm, you know, you know, you you watch. I remember when I watched um, Entourage. Remember the, the series Entourage? Yeah, I watched yep, the yep. whole thing. Watched the whole thing. Loved it. And then I had a buddy who's like, 
yeah, me and my wife or me and me and my girlfriend, we're just starting entourage. I'm like, I'm so jealous you're just starting entourage. <laughs> I'd love to start it again without ever seeing it. And now it's like with nine second half of the 90s, I got into it like two and a half years ago or so. And mm -hmm. it's maybe I, I forget exactly. Say two to three years ago, I got into the late 90s basketball. Yes. And now I'm into baseball too with Griffey. But it's like everything is new to me. And I feel like a kid in a candy store. It's like, it's like, whoa, this is amazing, right? I, I get to experience it for the first time 20, 25 years later, which is that's, awesome. That's that's what it's that's what it's all about. It's kind of that's the whole rediscovering yourself. Like you find things to keep you motivated, interested, and to keep you wanting to spend money. I mean, there's always something to discover. No, seriously, but there's always something to discover. And, um, you know, it, it, it never ends. But spending, luckily, I was just yeah. spending money is the, I mean, it's like the easiest thing to do in the hobby. You know what I mean? Like who does, like, although you need the money to spend and that's not always easy to do, but you, you find a way if a card comes up that you need. Luckily, uh, that time period, there are so many great cards luckily, and so many inserts and so many short prints. Um, that you literally like, it's it's very hard to get them all. Like, it's almost impossible to get them all unless you started way back then. Like nowadays, I'll I'll never have most of the cards. But I mean, I got I got some. I'm I'm happy with what I got in the time that I got them. I'm completely fine. I'll try to pick up some more as they go along. But listen, it, it it's uh it's um as they say, what do they say? It's not it's not a it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. Exactly. Exactly. It's the journey that, that we love so much. And the journey is not just now, it's not just about the acquisition of the cards because, you know, what one thing 2020 brought us is together, together yeah. on these platforms more, more so than ever. I wouldn't, I don't know if I'd be doing this show without what happened in 2020. I just don't know. Maybe I would have, maybe I wouldn't have, but anyway, we, we, it, we it, can it, reminisce on, on, on the community and the friends we're making and all that, but Let's keep on chatting away anyway. It, it, it's what keeps you moving forward too. I mean, the, discussing things with people, the way me and you are talking right now, and we have the same passion for the things that we collect. Um, and you meet so many different types of people. Like it's, you can meet a, a lawyer, a doctor, you can meet, you know, a construction worker, you can meet a, it doesn't matter. Um, everybody's in this, like this brings everybody together. Yeah. So that that's the great thing about it, and it, listen, it's going to keep growing. Now, will these prices be sustainable? Who knows? But if you collect, if you have a goal, if you have a passion, like you know, and we'll, you'll you'll manage. Yeah, for you'll sure. Manage. For okay. let's go to a few comments here. Colin Murray, I love this question for you, Milani says, "Would you buy a Kobe card now?" I mean, he says BGS nine five, but would you would you buy any Kobe card now? No. No, because I, I feel like I closed that chapter in my life and it wouldn't make, you know, it personally wouldn't, it doesn't excite me anymore. Like I'm done with that. That's, that's, you know, I'm grateful and I'm done and I moved on. And, you know, the, the joy is rejuvenated with other cards and a new player. Yeah. So you're, you're literally close. You closed one chapter, you're on to a new one. That's, that's a, that's like a, a characteristic that I think, um, it's you know not everybody can could do i don't know if i could do that so respect to you for uh for being able to do that and sticking to it and you seem to be infallible about it like no problem like i'm i'm good i'm good and that's that's just great to see man that's a that's a good strong conviction in a collector 
Um, Courtside Collectibles was just about to send you a DM for some Kobe's, but glad to hear you're able to do something amazing for your family. Uh, Peter, uh, I yeah, go. I know, I'm sorry, I know Courtside. I know he has uh, he had a few Kobe's back, uh, you know, maybe a year and a half ago that I asked him about. He wouldn't sell them, so <laughs> yeah, mine are gone, my friend. Sorry. Uh, Darren says, so great, uh, great double episode tonight. So great coming into this after Easter bunning it up tonight. Great to have you, Darren. Thanks for joining. Henry says, for some reason, the 90s inserts of football, baseball, and hockey still lack way behind basketball. Yeah, I mean, I will. I, I can speak to hockey for sure lacking behind basketball, but I'm finding the base, I mean, again, I'm new, I'm, I'm newish to it. Uh, mm-hmm. Baseball Baseball, I'm finding there's a lot there. There's some cool stuff, but basketball, yeah, basketball is by is is the best for sure. I think for the yeah. selection, but baseball's got a lot of a lot of parallels, right? Like I don't mean oh, parallels in the way we. I mean a lot of parallels from basketball. Similar, to baseball. yeah, yeah. I mean they've got everything from uh, you know flair legacies to credentials to PMGs to um, you know ultra platinum medallions to, to. I mean there's a slew of cards that translate over to, to baseball i'm not sure about football i know football has a PMGs. i haven't even looked into it um in terms of hockey i really hockey is probably the least uh of, you know knowledge that i have in terms of cards um but i'm sure you can you can speak on what what 90s inserts are popular in, in hockey yeah you know? and i'll but i'll tell you one thing man honestly from my uh, from my perspective and to my taste the '90s inserts. There's ve- there's a few that I really like. Uh, there's a few that are very important that I kind of like, mm-hmm. but I prefer the 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 inserts, the hockey inserts from the 2010s, from the decade that just passed. That's where I'm. I love so much there. And hockey guy here says the hockey version of those EX with the clouds are very cool. Another set I'm building thanks to Jeremy. Well, he's talking about the 2016 essential credentials from from Fleer showcase hockey and yeah, they're amazing cards. So, um, and they're, 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 they're uh, a throwback to the one, to those Jeters that you had, that you showed. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I'm a little upset that, um, that, that, that flare, you know, that um, upper deck lost its license and all these companies went down. I mean, granted, sure. Panini's here, but <clears throat> competition is good. Competition brings innovation. Uh, we might, you know, in 10 years, who knows what's going to happen, but in 10, 15 years, we might look at this era right now with Prism being the flagship as just being another, you know, tops from uh, 1989 per se, that the print runs and everything. Like, it's just, it's not one of those things that I could attach myself to fully. I tried. I did, I did dabble in it, like I said, with RJ Barrett, but it just, you know, I, I stepped away. Yeah, no, I, I, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. To me, some of these prism cards are like you said they're they seem to you know i've had the discussion on clubhouse about um pop reports and his 15,000 psa 10 lucas or whatever 20,000 whatever the number is now are going to be is that too many for the market to absorb and i for whatever reason i'm in the minority here it's not a very popular take but i don't think 15,000 is a huge population relative to the amount of sports fans or Luca fans. It's certainly a high pop relative to lower pop right. cards, like like a right. 30 or a 200 or a 300. But I always say to myself, listen, you go to a Mavericks game, there's 15,000 people in that stadium. Who wouldn't want a Luca rookie card in that stadium? Maybe, maybe a few, maybe, maybe a few people who are dragged to the game or whatever, but and that's only one stadium in one city. 
right. got, I want one. I got, I want one. I'm some, I'm in Canada. I'm a random kid in Canada here who wants one. So I, but my point, all this is that there will be a few important cards because they're still the rookie cards of those players. They're the everyday rookie card, the commodity card. So, um, but, it, but you're not a rookie card collector. So it's not going to appeal to you, but mm -hmm. the people who are rookie card collectors, I think some of these will still be important down the road, no matter how big the populations end up being relative to future years and that sort of thing. Just a thought. No, I, I don't, I don't disagree with that. My only counter would be instead of if you really want to collect Luca and you can, I would not get a silver prism. I would get something that's short printed. Just, just thinking about it like this. There's only what 330 PSA 10 Fleer Jordans. You notice how the market started going up and more and more appeared on the market. Now that's only 300. So yeah. out of those 300, what like 10 people decided to sell theirs at that time, and the last three, four, I mean, or whatever, two, three, four, they've gone down significantly. Granted, since they the probably high. since, since the, the high January golden sales. Since the high, well, granted, those people that sold them most likely bought them for pennies on the dollar compared to what they sold them for. But the person that bought them, or the person that bought the the, the seven twenty five, the record high one, I mean, unless I'm sure they're they're wealthy, so it doesn't matter to them. But think of that in terms of um, fifteen thousand Luca prisms being yeah. sold. I mean, and you bought, let's say somebody bought one for ten thousand or whatever they're going for now, eight thousand, nine thousand, ten thousand. Now imagine something happening where where they skyrocket, there's a pinpoint, and then a hundred out of the fifteen thousand people decide to sell the next hundred copies. Or a thousand. Or a thousand copies. I mean, just think of it in that perspective. And you could kind of under you know, my thought process when it comes yeah. to if you collect Luca and you want to have one in your PC, it's a staple. It's a staple to have one. But if you're worried about when you say a shorter print Luca, what how short print are you talking about? Like how many, how many serial, how many serial numbered copies are you talking? 99, 299? Well, it, it's, it, it's very hard with Prism because first of all, they don't give you the state stated odds. They don't give you the print. I mean, some of the cards have print runs, but the ones that have the print runs are astronomical in price anyways, right now. But if you're, if you're, if you're able to afford one, like, you know, I would probably try to get a shorter print one then go for the silver prism that's attainable by anybody and can just flood the market at any minute. So when you say shorter print, you're not necessarily referring to a serially numbered card. You're referring to a, just, we know it's shorter printed and the pop report on the PSA or BGS website is going to be a lot smaller than the base print much. or the silver prism. Right. Like, I mean, uh, I, I, when I was into it, I was looking at gold waves. Like you have the gold prism and then you have the gold wave. It still looks nice. It's not serial numbered, but it's still shorter than, yeah. you know, like there's the red wave, like it's different types. Like they have so many varieties, which is just, it blows my mind. If you try to keep up with it nowadays, good luck to you. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear you. Like back at the national in 2019, I bought my Luca prism base PSA 10, a Kawhi and a Pascal Siakam. And I mean, what I paid was pennies on the dollar for now. Like I got the Luca for 40 bucks. It's now what? Wow. 1400 or something. I yeah. mean, so I don't really care if, it, you know, I don't want to see it go down, but it's probably, it may go down. If it does, at least I'm protected because I got in so cheap. So, you know, but I hear you like, you know, yeah, you're making me think about it for sure. Like what's the right card to have? Cause I want these guys represented in my personal collection. So it just depends right. on how they're represented. 
and, and things like that, if they were to happen, and it's not um, impossible that it won't happen, will affect the community as a whole because people will get a sour taste in their mouth and they will leave. You have a lot of new money coming in that all they see is how you make profit in this business, you know, in this business, how you make profit. But there's so many nuances to it. In the end, in the end, as they say, collect the goats. And I have a great quote for you. I was going to leave it for the end, but I'm going to just say it for you right now. I think I think this was a comment to a comment I made on a card by uh, Centerpiece Collectibles. Default to rarity every chance you get. Default to rarity every chance you get. Yeah, I mean, that is just that is just the epitome just, of, of, of of collecting. It's just uh, you know trying to build. It's it's good just, advice. Good advice. That that's pretty much um that sums up so many things when it comes to you know the oversaturation of of everything nowadays. Yeah, I agree. Good. That's a great. That's a great quote. Default to rarity. Every chance you get. Every chance you get. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Okay, let's go to some more comments we have. Hockey guy says finding the stuff you want is sometimes the hardest part, but also the most fun part. Yeah, I mean, looking at your eBay searches every day is. You know, <laughs> going to card shows, looking for cards, finding cards on Instagram, Facebook Marketplace, wherever, wherever. Uh, Dennis, we've probably lost him by now, but good night to Dennis. Uh, Sanderson Torres says, what's your favorite Kobe and favorite Jeter cards? Uh, my favorite Kobe was uh, the one that I pulled, the the Skybox Rubies. That was the one that meant the most to me. Um, after that, it was the, the Jambalaya, obviously, because of the recognizability and the value that I ended up having. <clears throat> for Jeter, I mean, I have a, a few cards, but I'll 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 show the I'll show my favorite Jeter at the end. I'll okay, show my at, Jeter at the end. At the end, Sanderson Tor. At the end, uh, Doctor Full says favorite Shaq. Well, you never collected Shaq. I I had I had the Raws. Like I used to collect the Flair '94 with the um, U.S. team. Like I had the whole U.S. team set of Shaq with the you know American flag in the back, but um. I got, you know, I stopped in 95 collecting Shaq. Okay. Okay. I, I collect some Shaq cards. I, I don't know how many I have, maybe a dozen or so. And I, I have a, I have a nice one incoming right now, but it's, it's not coming for a couple months because I bought it raw, but he's getting it. Oh, I, thought, I thought you bought it on Com C. No, I didn't buy it on Com C. No, 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 not this card. This card, this was an Instagram buy. Actually, I bought it. I bought it raw. And the deal I did with the seller was, we, I mean, I've sent him some money, but it now depending on what, because he's getting it graded at his cost, and depending mm -hmm. on what grade the card comes back at, we're either square, we're square at an eight, we're we're square at like one grade. If it comes back a half a point higher, I owe him money, and if it comes back a half point lower, he owes me some refund. So it's gonna all take right, a couple months, right. but he's gonna get the card graded, ship back to him, and then he's gonna ship it to me. The it's a it's a fun it's, deal, but uh, you know I'm, I'm with in, the wager, huh? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I'm now in I'm now in waiting mode, so we'll see when it comes in. Um, Darren says, Milan, what's your take on soccer cards right now? Are you in on it? No, no. Okay, yeah, I like the nice quick answer. Uh, Sanderson Doris says a million slabs are going to hit the market in the next two years. When the market floods, the prices drown. I mean, it depends what these slabs. Yeah. I, you can't dispute that comment. It just depends right. on, there's a couple, there's a couple things that are going to impact that in my opinion. One is, are we going to see growth in the hobby continued? If we are now there's more absorption for these cards. 
And I know yeah. that may or may not happen. So that's just, I'm just putting it out there as a possible impact on the comment. And, uh, and the other thing is of those million slabs, and that might, that's actually very low, I think, very yeah. low, is what are these slabs? If they're all prism, then everybody other than prism isn't impacted. And I know it's not all prism, but you yeah. know what I mean? Like it really depends what, what these cards are, but at the end of the day, I think every card is going to have some cards, some some numbers added to their pop reports, and that just depends how to what Wait. degree to what degree each card is hit. How many of these cards that come back are going to be of players that aren't even in the league anymore when they come back? <laughs> yeah, exactly. How many bowl bowls are coming back? Yeah. And I'm not saying he won't be in the league, but it's like I don't mean like no offense against bowl bowl, but like who cares? Like you know, like, yeah. unless unless yeah. you've submitted a hundred bowl bowls. All right, let's see. Uh, Chris says, agree with Milan regarding print runs. If a thousand of these cards show up after a huge sale, the value is likely going to drop a decent amount. Yeah, that, that, that's just basic supply and demand. Right. Uh, let's see. What else do we got here? Some of these sets have 40 parallels too. Optic colors seem to be a popular substitute to the prism stuff. Uh, Lucky says 10 million will hit. And I think that's still low. I think, I mean, I'm hearing like maybe try 15 to 20 million is where I think it's going to be. Uh, that, Tyson, that might only be with PSA. I mean, I'm sure BGS is backed up a couple million as well. I heard 15 million between the two, but it's hearsay. I mean, we can't trust these numbers are our rumor, but somewhere so, there might be a, you know, what, like, what's, what's the deviation from that? Like how far away are we? Who knows? Who knows? Tyson says the pop report on some of these cards from the nineties artist high as, from the 90s, high as some of these cards today. What's better? Sorry, Tyson. I just, I'm not reading the question properly. Waxel says, buy rare, buy raw. I don't remember where I saw that quote, but it saved me some money. That's not bad advice either. Yep. And Peter, Peter says, referring to the 1 million slabs, that goes back to Milan saying default to rarity. Cards with serial numbered, 999 or less, are going to have a better shot at retaining prices. I think that's exactly right. I think 999 is actually 99,000 is a really nice number for a print run, yeah. you know, for a print run, not yeah. a pop, but a print run. But for nowadays, for nowadays, 999 is like 99 back then. I mean, literally, if you have, a, if you have, you know, 10 million people in the hobby now and you have one of the cards that's 999, it's like having a million people, you know, 20 years ago and you pulling in a card 299. I mean, yeah. there's still, you know, in long, but this is this is all relating to the cards that have been coming out the past three, four years. Right. I don't. I, I personally, I have no um, connection to these cards because I don't see a value in them long term. There might be a few outliners, but there's no players that I per se enjoy that I want to spend money on and spend this amount of money on pursuing them for the next ten, fifteen years. It just, it, you know, it's not, it's not going to repeat itself for me, at least in that sense. Like that, this isn't going to happen in, yeah. in my investing. No, I, no. I, I'm with you. You know, it reminds me of what Adam, the real 27 guy, his approach to the hobby is also rarity, rarity ahead of everything, especially <coughs> ahead of the, the commodity type cards. And uh, you're basically saying the same thing. So, you know, hearing it from two seasoned collectors amongst everybody else, I mean, it's not, these, these aren't, uh, these aren't like, you know, real, real tough well, things to, to think about. It's, it, uh, it's common sense. I yeah, mean, think about exactly. it. it's common sense. Exactly. Um, but at the same time, I just want to say that, you know, 
it all depends on what the future holds for the hobby. If the future goes even, you know, I don't think it's mainstream yet. Mainstream to me means that like, if you're a sports fan, you mm -hmm. are a card collector. And that's not the case right now. Not all sports fans are card collectors. So if it gets to that point where everybody collects cards who likes yeah. sports, now, you know, if there are a million collectors in the hobby, if there, you know, are there, is there, and I'm pulling that number with no reason for it, but let's say there's a million collectors in the hobby right now. If in a year, two, three years from now, are there going to be 500,000 collectors or are there going to be 2 million, 3 million, 4 million, 5 million collectors? Wherever right. that goes, that's going to determine what these cards are going to be worth down the road. Not the pop as much because, you know, you add a million people to the hobby and you add yeah. maybe 10,000 cards to the pop. That's enough to justify, to, to absorb it, I think. My only counter to that would be is you don't know how the player is going to perform in three to five years. You can't just guarantee that his cars prices are going to keep going up. 100%. And that's not even a counter, Milan, because to me, I'm already I'm already saying that, that, that Luca, Zion... Trey, these guys actually are worthy of 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 and pursued at that point, like down the road five years. So I'm I'm already a, that's assumed in what right. I'm, but you know you're 100 right. correct. 100, yeah, 100 right. correct. Completely agree. Yeah, yeah. Hockey guy says, wonder how many cards are now currently slabbed versus waiting to be graded and slabbed. So maybe slab, but not not made their way out into the the owner's hands yet. Lucky K has inside information. PSA is sitting on about 11 million right now but you know and that actually that number makes sense to me because i've heard 15 between the two if they've got 11 and beckett has four yeah is that the ratio of of the mark of the pie of the market share i don't right. know maybe it's close it's it could very well be you know the exact number i mean that's, yeah. but it seems it seems logical that they're backed up what what are they doing now? They're doing, PSA is doing uh, July, I believe, orders now or August. Well, they're saying they're not going to take orders until July one, and that to me, I mean, that's what they're saying. But who knows yeah. when they can open up again? They've got to they got to work through the backlog, I guess. And um, yep, so that whole thing's been talked about enough <laughs> in, in in the in our hobby. And Chris says at this point, I'm just buying what looks cool. Player collections have slowed down so much. Yeah, buy what looks cool. That's a great approach. Buy what you like, you know. But exactly. there's also something to be said for a very focused collection too. Two more comments rolled in, or three actually, and then we'll we'll start to wrap up. But uh, we're already at an hour and 23 minutes, man. It goes by so fast, hey? I see, when you're having fun. Peter says, I think Hockey Guy meant how many total PSA cards are out there compared to the 15 million waiting. Okay, makes sense. A $5,000 card is an ACL tear away from being 20 bucks. Right. That's a big drop, but yeah. Close to it, I'd say. No, I mean already graded, currently in circulation versus the amount. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Don't know. Good question. And Waxel says, uh, PSA has the total amount of cards listed in the pop part of each sport, 16 million baseball and 4 million basketball slab. So that's 20 right there. You that's add insane. hockey and football and Pokemon to that and soccer and wrestling yep. maybe what you know all together what are you at versus what's still in there yeah interesting numbers if anybody wants to do that analysis uh, come back next week let's talk about it lucky <laughs> k. nice stream thank you both thank you lucky k very much thank you all right anything else you want to chat about milan oh we were Nothing. talking the other night just yeah. about, we were talking about the second half of the 90s cards and i mean we've already touched on them, but we we haven't yet touched on what 
what is going to be the the desirability of 90s inserts and parallels right. 10, 20, 30 years down the road? Because we touched on this the other night, and I thought we had an interesting conversation. Can you speak to your thoughts on that? Uh, yes. So, you know, my, you know, th- you know, when you think about these things down the line, you know, like kids that were born, let's say after 2001, that never experienced the 90s, um, have no connection to that era per se. You know, I, I gave it some more thought. And I think that, you know, um, one thing will be a major factor um, between uh, the prices of the 90s cards that I don't think it's going to dip in, per se. It's going to be the players that played through that era. Jordan, Kobe in basketball, Duncan, um, you know, you, you even have Iverson, McGrady. Like, these, there's, these are some of the players that were favorites. Shaq, and, well, Ray have, Allen. Shaq, Ray Allen, yes. So, these are, you know, you'll have stories about them. In baseball, Griffey is Jordan when it comes to prices. Other than the SP, Griffey is Jordan. Jeter is Colby when you compare the prices of the 90s cards. And then, you know, a slethora of other uh, great players. You know, not that I'm going to name baseball players, but I know basketball more. Um, but I think those players, on top of the cards, look awesome, yeah. right? Like, like they, they're distinguishable. They're awesome. They're, they're, and there's stories behind them that are being told, like, down the line. Like, when we, you know, when we tell somebody why this card is this, it gets passed down. I mean, that's that's kind of where I'm thinking that they're going to stay, stay relative, moving forward because of the players, and number two because of the designs. Yeah, and, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I think they're going to stay relevant as well. Um, if you go be, because I, I re, so the conversation we we're having was basically like, are these cards going to remain relevant in 30 years, 40, 50 years, even from now? Those right. 90s cards, and m- what I was thinking was, you know. The you've got these. If you you know, we can simplify the eras of the hobby. You can simplify it. This I'm gonna I'm gonna simplify it as 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 into three eras: 1900 mm-hmm. to 1995, so 95 years; right. 95 to 2000, five years; and 2000 till current. Okay, those are the th- right. those three. Now I'm not saying those are the three definitive eras. I'm just saying for the purpose of this this discussion. Let's look at those. Let, let's define eras that way. So if you if, if you look at collectors today who are anywhere, but there's collectors between the age of, of 14, a guy, a, a youngster whose show I was on last night, to collectors in their in their you know 50s and 60s. There's people yes. through all ages that are collecting cards from 30, 40, 50 years before they were born, right? I'm born in the 70s. But I right. collect cards going back to 1910. Players I've never watched, and there's no video on them. But I, they're still important in the hobby and in the history of sport. They're pioneers, that kind of thing. There's trophies named after them and awards and divisions and all sorts of things. So I use that as sort of a baseline. And I say, okay, if I here I am, I'm born in the 70s, and I'm collecting cards of players born in the 60s, 50s, 40s, 30s, all the way back, you know, 40 years down the road, are people going to collect cards from before they were born? And then I think to myself, well, listen, the 90s, there were lots of different cards made, and it's such a narrow margin of time, only five years, but I think it's like a golden era of the history of the hobby. I think it's like one of those five-year periods that will always be important because there's so many awesome, important, rare cards 
that I can see people in 2050, 2060, 20, like way down the road, yeah. collecting them just like I'm collecting cards, just like the same way that I want a Jackie Robinson rookie or a Babe Ruth Gowdy or a Ty Cobb T206. Yep. The list goes on and on. So the you know the discussion i think we both ended up agreeing that yeah these cards are going to remain important and especially because it was really only a 5 year period so they are very rare when you when you put them in the in the in in the population of all cards ever made that yes yeah, so that the rarity and also the player attached to that card and right? the aesthetics. I mean, and the aesthetics so you know players left the legacy just like you said you know Jackie Robinson, so on and so forth. These are players that left legacies before you were born that gets talked about today. People are always going to talk about Michael Jordan. People are always going to talk about Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, you know, and so on and so forth. So that's going to stick. Um, and, and people are collecting later year cards of all these legends. It's not like you're only going to the rookie cards. So someone might say, well, yeah, but, you know, in 2060, everyone's right. just going to want the Jordan rookie. Well, no, I don't think so. I think they'll look for other alternatives. Plus, it's not a rare card, relatively speaking, so they might go to others. Yeah. I mean, I guarantee you that if, if a green PMG came on the market today, that it would probably sell, if not more than the the Fleer rookie, it would, you know, at least that. Easy. And it's, it's 12 sure. years into his career. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, we have a few more comments, and then uh, you were going to show your favorite uh, your favorite Jeter. I'm going to count three down for you. Three of them. Okay, let's do the final comments here. Or it's not the final, but some of the comments that have come in the last few minutes. Hockey guy says a cool thing. A cool thing is cool regardless of era. Some of the 90s designs seem to be timeless. People are still captivated by art that is hundreds, if not thousands of years old. Fair point. Yep. Peep says, have you talked about remaining late 90s and early 2000s unopened wax bricking is there a feeling of the higher grade pop won't rise because of the fragile nature of remaining unopened wax uh no piece we haven't we haven't talked about it <clears throat> uh sanderson says milan is not a follow-up he's a lead-in great job tonight that's awesome comment that's a great Thank comment you, it's a great comment all right let's see your uh, let's see your, your your favorite three jeters and then we're going to wrap this up all right so i'll start with this one I picked up literally two weeks ago, and I, it kind of blew my mind that I was able to pick it up. Uh, they don't come up very often, and you can uh, let me turn light down a little bit. And you could even, if you, if anybody wants to go back on eBay and see what this car went for, I mean, it had to be a mistake. But um, I, I glad I'm glad I jumped on it. So oh, this is the God. this is the PMG um, Hardball Galaxy from Metal Universe. There is supposedly only 45 copies of this. This is serial number to uh, 50. So this was done by Marvel. By a Marvel artist was brought into Metal Universe to do this set for these cards. And this one is 26 out of 50. Why do you say there's only supposedly 45 of them? Uh, because I read, I read on a, a Baseballpedia for this set, uh, 45 were inserted into the packs, like to 45. The last five was a redemption. So if you pulled, if you pulled um, one of the last five, or or there was a special card, you got the whole set. Okay. So five copies were left for you know whoever was lucky enough to pull one of those, they would get the whole set of the PMGs of all the players. So Beautiful. only forty five made it out into packs. Such a cool um, card. 
The next one is, I actually cracked this out of a BGS 9 case. This is the 99 Essential Credentials Jeter, and this is serial number 2112. So, I mean, I never had the Kobe in this. I couldn't afford the Kobe in this, but I sure as hell made sure that I jumped on the Jeter when I had the chance. And it's the BGS 9. I cracked it open. And uh, I'm going to, you know, eventually submit it to PSA for, for, for uniformity sake. I love the I love the lettering of his name on that card. As you were showing it, it was real like shiny and sparkly. Yeah. A really nice pattern in the the letters of the Jeter. Like what a great is that foil? I, I yeah, haven't ever seen one of those in hand. It's gold foil on the name, gold foil on the EX logo. Yeah. And then gold foil on the shortstop by uh by the Yankee logo over here. Man, the nineties made some amazing cards. What what care yeah. and attention to detail they put into those. It, it, it feels like luxury, like when you look at it, like you know, you know when something feels luxurious, like like a leather interior on a car, or right, something, right? Right, yeah. like you could tell it was done with a certain type of um, you know, thought behind it. It Amazing. wasn't just put together for the sake of being put together. And then the last one is actually, I, I got this on Instagram through a good buddy of mine. He posted on his story. I jumped on it like as soon as I saw it. This is the 98 Skybox EX uh, Future. And this is numbered to uh, 94. And it's a, it's a PSA 8, which is another thing I just want to touch on. When they're rare cards, I do not care if it's a PSA 5, 6, 7, 8. As long as they don't look like they're chewed up, um, jump on it if you can. Yeah, do not I'm let you, you know rare items pass you by. So this is... this the I. I, I, you know, I could dream of having this Kobe. I probably didn't even know this Kobe existed because it never came up throughout the years that I was searching on eBay. But um, when this came up, I just I had to jump on it right away. So those I'm, are my I'm my with you, man. When it comes to a rare card, you know, sometimes the condition just doesn't like the grade. I should say, right? And the condition, they it just doesn't matter, especially if it's a super rare card that never comes up. So I'm with you 100%, man, 100%. Yeah, beautiful. I love that final three. Those are all grails, grail-type cards. Thank you, thank you. I mean, it's just, you know, one brick at a time, building it back up, one brick at a time. Yep. Hockey Guy says, the time to buy a rare card is when you see it. Yeah, words to live, hobby words to live by, for sure, for sure. Okay, man. Well, hey, uh, hour 35 minutes. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. You've been, a, you've been an awesome guest. Great stories. I hope everyone in the chat uh, enjoyed Milan as our After Hours guest tonight on April the 3rd, Saturday night. Um, I don't know. I got nothing else to say. Any, any final uh, comments, Milan, final comments from you, and we're good to wrap it up. Jeremy, I just want to say it was a pleasure. Thank you for, for having me on and, and, and being courteous to, to having me, you know, just tell a little piece of my story and my, my hobby uh, collecting journey and um, keep up the great work, man. You're, you're a true asset to, to the hobby moving forward. And I, yeah. you know, I'm sure you're in for big things and, and the, the plethora of guests that you've had in the past that, uh, you know, it's amazing. It's amazing. Keep it up. Uh, thank you to everybody in the chat. Um, if you, you know, if you guys want to give me a follow, I'll follow back and we'll be in touch. Um, and just a, just a great time. And happy Easter, everybody. I'm celebrating it tomorrow. Yeah, man. Thank you. It's uh, Thank you for the compliments. I, I appreciate it, man. I'm glad we got to spend. You know, the best thing about what I'm doing now is, is and I've said it before, but I'm going to say it again, is we've now spent 
two and a half hours together. You know, yeah. you know, I mean, we've never met, we've never shaken hands, but when I see you, it's gonna, I don't know, we're probably gonna like hug it out, right? Like we're yeah, we, now, we, you know? we we have to, man. Hopefully we'll see each other one day. I mean, it's you know, shows shows are coming back. Coming back. They'll be back. They'll be back. Okay, man. It's been awesome having you. We're gonna go through the final comments. Don't click, don't click out yet. I'll, uh, we'll see in the back room, but I just want to bring in the final comments here. Uh, 23 Aranis says, thank you, Jeremy and Milan, for another great after-hour show. Thank you, 23 Aranis. Dave Logs drooling over those credentials. Me too, bro. Me too. Me too. You're, he says you're drooling over Milan. <laughs> Terry Fortune, thank you very much for joining us. Jeff thank McMahon, you. always great to have you. Th- it says great after-hour show as usual. Hockey Guy says very cool cards, Milan. Thank you for sharing. Thank you, Hockey Guy. We got my my guy guy. This is the show I was talking about. I was on last night. Card Canucks, young Charles. The guy is thirteen or fourteen years old. He just started a show. I was his first guest last night. Check out oh, his nice. channel. He he was an absolute pro hosting me on his show last night, and uh, and he collects vintage hockey. So you know, nice. I mean, he's literally. I don't know if he might be fourteen now. Literally, <laughs> he does not come across as a fourteen year old. Check it out, guys, just for fun. Uh, Peter, Ch- or not just for fun. Check it out. It's worthy. Peter Chow, great show. Jeremy Milan, I'm not a basketball guy, but a compelling story with the Kobe's. That's awesome. Peep says, peace out, pals. All right, good night, everybody. Thank you for joining tonight. What a what a fun and crazy evening it's been. We'll see you all hopefully next Saturday. Ken Golden will be on first, and we'll have after hours as well. Have a great week ahead. Happy Easter to those who are celebrating. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.